bit of a longer reading. We'll go back and unpack it a little bit. Uh, but it's worth starting here with this big, long reading from Genesis. Um, because one of the things that I've learned is often we like to talk about what Scripture means without being clear about what Scripture actually says. And so we start by digging into the Word itself. So it happened like this. There were for generations... Hebrews, Israelites who sat around campfires telling stories about how God made the heavens and the earth. And at some point, people started to write these down. And we get these stories, and there are actually two stories about creation that happen in the book of Genesis. What I just read is the first one. It goes from Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 2-4. And then starting at 2-4 through 2 and 3 and then into 4 and 5, there's a whole nother story, right? Like, we're used to Genesis talking about Adam and Eve. Did you hear me once say Adam and Eve? They aren't in there, at least not in this creation story. They show up after 2-4 in another way of telling the story. It's like this. I can remember when I was a kid, my mom had this lamp from Grandma's house, and it was, um, it was like those three round circles stacked on top of one another, and it had like grapes and apples in it, right? It was almost stained glass, but not quite. It was that cheap imitation stained glass that you had in the farmhouse living and growing up, right? And that's, that's what my mom inherited from her, her mother. And it was in the living room, and my mom came home from work one day, and it was not in the living room. It was, uh, it was exactly right, Elise. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. She came home and it was not in the living room because it was in pieces in the kitchen. And my mom came home and she asked the first question that any parent would ask, right? What happened? There are three of us. Three boys. <laughs> you are exactly right. Three boys. And she got three different stories about what happened. My brother Marcus told her that John and I weren't listening to him. He's the oldest. John and I were not listening to him, and we were wrestling in the living room even though we shouldn't have been, and we were the ones who broke it. Story one. Story two, my brother John said that I had hit him, and so he's older than me but not the oldest, and so he had proceeded to hit me back and hit me back, and hit me back. And I am the one who broke it when I pushed John into the lamp. That's story two. Story three is my story. And I contend that I was at the neighbor's house. <laughs> you ever been on the scene of an accident after it happens? And heard the stories. They all sound so, so different. And that's the case with this creation story. It sounds different the first time and the second time. It doesn't make it any less true. But it's two ways of telling the same story and getting at the same truths. And so the story begins. When God began to create. And in the Hebrew, it's like... so. As you're reading it, it's like you're coming in in the middle of a sentence, 
right? Imagine an ellipsis as the first word in the Bible, right? Not the words in the beginning, but an ellipsis. And then when God began to create, what was God doing before that? Who knows? But this is not the beginning of the story. This is just a part of the story. And it's the part of the story that we want to tell. And in particular, this version. This version, after it's getting handed down and handed down and handed down, around the year 500, the Hebrew people are living in Babylon. And they're this small group of people who feel like the world is against them. They've inherited the promise of God and somehow they have been taken out of the land of Israel and moved to this land where these foreign people with other gods rule over them. Life is in chaos. They can't seem to get their heads above water. And in the middle of that story, we get this. In the beginning, when God began to create, the earth was without form and void. It was chaos. And into the midst of the chaos, the waters swirling over the face of the earth, God speaks and brings order and reassurance and rhythm. I love having the preschoolers here. If you have little ones, you notice, right, the way we do things is often very repetitive with little ones because it's reassuring. I still, my daughter is 12, we still do our bedtime routine the same way we did it when she was three because it's the same. There's this reassurance to the rhythm, right? So God speaks. It happens. It's good. There was morning, there was evening. God speaks, it happens. Like there's this rhythm through chapter one that repeats over and it was probably actually a piece of worship where the people knew their part and repeated it back. God speaks, it happens. It is good. And there was evening and there was morning, the end of the day. Have you ever felt like your life is out of control? Anybody? You ever felt like your life is out of control? Fantastic, you're in the right place. Have you ever felt like your problems were bigger than you could handle? Anybody? Fantastic, not me. My problems are easy. Now your problems, they're big. But my problems are little and easy. No. This story is for us. This is a story for people who feel like life is out of their control, who feel like things are bigger than they can handle. And the reminder over and over and over again is that God is the one who is in control. God is the one who takes the primordial chaos of life and out of it builds this world of order. God is the one who tames the deepest, darkest things that we fear and brings light to the midst of it. God is the one who, when there is not a breath of life on the world, brings forth life and says, not once, not twice, but seven times says what? Did you catch it? It is good. It is good, friends. 
So maybe, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by life at the moment. Maybe it's illness in your family. Maybe it's bills that have to be paid. Maybe it's struggling with your faith. Maybe it's trying to figure out what to do next. You know what God says? It's good. It's so good. You, you are imperfect and flawed. You are. I am too. We all are. But you're good, says God. You are good because I made you. And this whole world is good because I made it too. And when it feels out of control, remember, says God, I am the one who brings order to the chaos. In the beginning, when God began to create the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and God's wind, that word is great, God's spirit moved over the water. Imagine a raging sea in the middle of the night. God's Spirit moved over the waters when God began to create. We're going to hear that sort of line later. This is, this is the image that the Jewish people had in their mind when they told stories about Jesus calming the storm. The earth was without form and void, and God's Spirit moved over the waters. You notice where it says God's Spirit stopped moving over the waters? Did you catch that part? It doesn't. God's Spirit is moving still. God is creating still. This first story, this story of creation, it's not a thing that happened back then and is over and done. It's a thing that's happening still. God creates still in and through you, with you, in the midst of your life. So whatever that problem you have is, and I don't know what yours are, I know what mine are, and mine seem very, very big sometimes. I don't know what yours is. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you that it is not bigger and stronger than the God who created heaven and earth. Right? I guarantee you it is not harder to do than call forth life out of the dust of the earth. In the midst of the chaos of life, Genesis 1 reminds us God is in control. And that, friends, is very good news. 